welcome to Challenging Behaviours, the podcast that challenges behaviours towards all, all the disabilities now uh, toward, uh, in society. That's the one. Uh, I'm Jack, and on today's, this month's, whatever, what is time? Um, uh, episode, I get to talk with comedian Rosie Jones. And Rosie was absolutely hilarious, and she was lovely, and we had such a lovely time. Um, so... Yeah, there's all you know. There's all the swearing and all that. So um, I'll give out some contact details and stuff at the end. And uh, enjoy, or don't. Do what you want. Hello. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Hello. yeah. Uh, so the thing is that like, uh, we're. But like in the podcast, I always um, like record an intro and an yeah. outro afterwards. So when it comes to this bit, I never know how to start. No, it. so let's really... just jump into it. Just jump into it. it. Should we do yeah. one of those things where it's uh, like the end of a, someone's telling the end of a really great story? Yeah, it's just go for one of those. Yeah, uh, and that's why I can't go into Greg's wearing anything above the knee anymore. <laughs> <laughs> some guttering that needs clearing. Yeah, don't now get up a ladder. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, oh, brilliant. <laughs> uh, so, you're a comedian, like you've mentioned. Yes. Uh, don't know if you noticed, you have cerebral palsy. What? Oh, I know, surprise, so. What? Obviously, oh, I thought I'd Sorry to break what... the news to you. Oh, damn it. I thought everyone else was... Speaking really quickly, <laughs> and I was the normal one. So yeah, so obviously you're a standard comedian. Yeah. You have cerebral palsy, which can yeah. be uh, can affect mobility, etc. And yeah. you're doing a job which involves you moving around the city a lot, that kind of thing. Yeah, so there's one every... obvious question here: What's it like to be a woman in comedy? Oh, brilliant. <laughs> My favourite question, <laughs> bravo. Um, I, I joke, but I say my biggest disability in comedy is being a woman. Because I get judged on that more than how I talk. <laughs> It's ridiculous. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, that was just a joke question. Yeah. Um, so how how did you how did you get started? So I think I've always used comedy as quite a tool 
to break the ice because a lot of people are awkward around me and they're like, ooh, is she okay? So I find that cracking a joke is a great way to show that I'm intelligent, that I know what I'm talking about and that it's okay to joke about me and my disability. So I always did it from being like four or five. Um, but I thought I can't be a comedian because no one will understand what I'm saying. But slowly my friends ground me down yeah. and I was like, you're being ridiculous. <laughs> if we can understand you, everyone can. So I tried it with no expectations. Yeah. Fell in love with yeah, it yeah. from the very first gig. And I just feel like now, I'm doing what I've always done. I'm, I'm cracking jokes. I'm making people realise that there's more to a disabled person. But now I'm doing it on the biggest scale. Yeah, it's yeah. incredible. And that, that first gig you got, yeah. How, so was there any kind of, the say, the promoter, I don't know how comedy works, <laughs> was there any, like, the promoter, was there any kind of, like, oh, uh, like, have you, did it take any time to get that first gig? No, so it was a really odd one, because I've always had friends who do comedy. So actually... I, I went to a gig to see a friend who was performing and apart from her, she's great, apart from her, everyone else was diabolical yeah. <laughs> and I was sat there and I thought, well, I can do better than that. So, at the end, the MC said, and now we're opening it up to the room. Oh, wow. Is there anyone who wants to have a go? And I did it just spontaneously. Oh, incredible. So you didn't have, like, anything prepared? You no, no, I've been a few ideas about in my head and looking back now I just chatted shit for five minutes yeah. but that first laugh oh, yeah. I thought oh oh god <laughs> I'm into something now and I can't go back yeah so yeah, what started as 
You, you mentioned as well, like, so yeah, you, you like to tell jokes to make people feel more comfortable, etc. Yeah. And that, uh, you know, it's okay for, like, for people to, you know, make yeah. jokes. Yeah. Um, do you feel like there's any kind of potential for that? Is there, like, a line? Is what's the... Um, that's interesting. And it's something that I'm still dealing with. Mm-hmm. Because I've very much speak for myself. Yeah. I can only speak for Rosie in my position, with my disability, with my background, with my life. So I don't really talk about disability as a whole, because yeah. I don't want to speak for anyone else. So in terms of where the line is, because it's my life and my experience, I am able to know where the line yeah. is. And when I can cross it, yeah, and that's great for yeah. Uh, so I have uh, something called dyspraxia. Yeah. So I I find the best way for me exactly the same to do it yeah. is by joking about it, and I'm yeah. fine with my friends joking yeah. about it. Yeah. But then I'd have this thing if there was someone I didn't know, I'd still be a bit like, whoa. That's it because I don't know if you're gone into it before but I feel like that with disabled insults um we've all heard them um and for me it depends on who's saying it and when and why so for example my best friend calls me Spazzy McGee. <laughs> I've so, been told that in the past Yeah, but it's my best friend. I've known her for 10 years. I love her. She loves me. And it's usually when I've been really annoying and I bloody well deserve it. And in that world, I love it. Whereas if a person in the street shouted it at me, that is not okay. So... It's like that with comedy as well, you've always got to judge a situation. And I do that more than me and more than my disability. If I get to a gig and the room is full of 70-year-old women. Do you play to 70-year-old women often? (laughs) Yeah, a lot. 
That you could say, like, uh, comedians with disabilities are now yeah. becoming more and more in the mainstream. Do you think yeah. there's a risk of so people are seeing people with disabilities being kind of self deprecating and then be like, well, then it's okay for me to yell these things at strangers? Well, maybe I am naive, but I think most of the general public are intelligent yeah. enough. To know that that is not okay. Yeah, of course. I just gonna be honest. I just asked that question for that sweet yeah. soundbite. Yeah. <laughs> like, Here we go. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, so, how long? How long have you actually been doing it now? Um, three years. Yeah, three years. Because. Before comedy, I worked in TV. Yeah. So I was a researcher. So I kind of knew that world before. And then looking back now, I don't know how I did it, but for 18 months, I would work my TV day job, yeah. which is crazy hours, and then I'd leave and I'd do four or five gigs wow. a week. Um, but I loved it. So, yeah. like, who needs sleep <laughs> when you're happy? Um, and then... The comedy work picked up, so then I was in a position to leave my job and go into comedy yeah. full time, and I've never looked back. Yeah. It's great, and it's been an entirely like really positive experience. Oh, completely! I am so lucky. That I come to comedy now, I feel like everything's aligned for me, where the public want new voices and uh, diversity is celebrated, especially People who have voice disabilities. Yeah. Growing up, I didn't see anyone on TV. No, not at all. And I just thought, fine, okay, I would love to be an actor, but that world isn't for me. Mm-hmm. And I always say, 
I always said that radio will be the worst job for well, me. Welcome to the podcast. Yes, <laughs> but here I am and I think I've always been a confident person. But looking back now, I did put myself down mm. and I was just singing me that thought, well, I can't do that and that is okay and it's taken where we are now for people to go, yeah, you can do it, like you inviting me here. Yeah. It's and it makes me think, well, if you are fine with it, I'm fine yeah. with it. So it's an exciting time and I'm being given other opportunities, which is amazing. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, like, you just, I can't help but... I feel, I think I've read this a lot about you as well. A lot of people who say when they meet you, just there's just such a positive kind of vibe. But they just sort of like, ah, oh, I feel well, great. There. Yeah, because um, I just think I was born disabled. If we're honest, I was born with a shit hand. Mm. Um, actually, two <laughs> Um, but I've always been stubborn, and I've always been like, actually, fuck you. You don't think I can do that or achieve that or succeed in that world? Yeah, I'm gonna bloody prove you wrong and do it and I think I'm always burned on by the fact that growing up there was no one like me so now I want to be that person that people can go oh well, if Rosie can do that, I can. Yeah, and I'm sure that is like, I've like as I said, there's just so many more kind of communities of disabilities. But I'm yeah. sure some of them have seen you and been like, oh, well, hey, I can do this. Do you yeah. feel like uh, any kind of responsibility is like a representative at all? Not really. Like I said, I make it clear that I should be for me. Yourself, yeah. So if, if other disabled people or other women look at me and go, thank you, I'm like that too, great. But then I don't want to speak for everyone because everyone's different. But I am really touched when people come up to me and say thank you. I um, I did a gig one time and um, 
I'm gay and I talk about my sexuality on stage and being disabled and gay and what that means. And after the gig, a girl in a wheelchair and an able-bodied girl came up to me and went, thank you so much. This is my girlfriend and she's always mistaken for my friend, carer, sister anything yeah. but a lover and I said thank you for just getting on there on stage and going this is me we exist and for me I was like oh god yeah that's why I do it yeah. it's because I spent Ten years of my life going, I can't be gay and disabled because no, I so, can't so. be greedy. So, <laughs> so I don't want to be open and honest at other people out there who are having a hard time with a disability or their sexuality or their gender can look at me and go, oh, if Rose is proud and happy of who she is, I can. Yeah. So you're, you're gay, disabled and a woman. Are you ever annoyed that you're white so you can complete oppression bingo? Oh, no. Uh, uh, so close um, to the complete yeah, sex. so close. A new full house. And unfortunately, it's frowned upon <laughs> for me to pretend to be black. So <laughs> can't do that. But actually, I always argue that my grandmother is Spanish. Oh, so very loose. <laughs> Pop me in the sun for 10 days and I got a full house. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So, you were in Edinburgh? Yeah. Was, this, was it your first time? Uh, it was my first hour show, but it was my second time up there. Because uh, okay. the year before last, I took up a 40-minute show. Yeah. And that was really useful because there wasn't the pressure like in an hour show um, and I got used to performing every day which it makes me sound like a diva because <laughs> the people out there going well, I worked 10 hours a day, but 
speaking for an hour a day is truly exhausting. Oh, yeah. And it's especially for me, it's a muscle that I got to train. Yeah. So it was great going up there, practicing, making all my mistakes. I was awful. I drank every day. I didn't sleep. I was up till 4am every night. I got a cold on day two and I never shook it up all month so um, last year I really did it differently and I went there with vitamins I had daily naps I drank but not loads and I made sure that the most important time of the day was my hour and it really showed I felt like even on the final week I had the stamina to keep going. Yeah, and the show was 15 minutes? Yeah, yeah. And it's about how I didn't breathe for 15 oh, minutes. Wow. Yeah, a long time. <laughs> too long. Actually, Some may say, arguably yeah, too long. Maybe, actually, between you and me, I am. Um, I love. No, this is recorded, it's not yeah, between me and you. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Dozens um, of years. Um, 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 well, I love the title, 15 Minutes, and I did the artwork poster in the brochure, and I went home and my dad said, well, technically, you didn't breathe for 17 and a half minutes. It's not the same ring to it though, does it? Not quite the same. Um, but yeah, so actually, it's even more impressive. <laughs> well, maybe that's the name of the next show. Yeah, yeah. It's going to get gradually more yeah, and more each time. Yeah. Excellent. Wow. And so you're working in London mainly now. Is there any plans of touring? Well, I I probably do about 60% of my gigs in London. But especially this year, I I tour a lot Mm -hmm. and I support people. And currently supporting uh, Nish Kumar yeah. on tour and I love him so that allows us to go all over the country yeah. and um, I'm performing in Melbourne in oh, March yeah. for four weeks so that'll be my first 
Abroad. Oh, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Is Scotland abroad? No. No. <laughs> I guess not. Um, oh, brilliant. And how are you finding the, the touring lifestyle? Really like it. I'm really happy and the lovely tour manager, Paul. So you're just getting the car. Get out, and you got no idea where you are. <laughs> you're like, hello, wherever <laughs> you are. Um, but it's good. I'm very happy right now. Slightly tired. Slightly tired, yeah. Yeah, because I tend to get up early. Right in the day, and then gig. So ideally, I would like a few more hours in the day. I always had that kind of stereotype in my head of like a comedian wakes up at like twelve or one in the afternoon, and I was like, oh, if I say come meet me at ten, Rosie, you're gonna be like, oh no. No, actually, yeah. Today I got up at six, I did two hours work, and here I am. There you are. Um, but I, I think it's very pick up for a comedian to roll out a bed at midday, but I, at the moment I'm doing a lot of writing so I need to have a day job and then do my night job. Yeah, of course. So uh, I've only got one thing really left to ask you about, I think, unless you have anything in particular you want to talk about. Uh, Just based on something I saw on your Instagram the other day, this bike you were going around on. Oh, yes, that's amazing. Um, I, I can't believe no one knows about it. So I've been writing and performing in a play about the suffragettes. Oh, yeah. And it's a true story. And it's... There was a suffragette called Rosemary Billinghurst and she was disabled. She couldn't walk. So she used to go to all the rallies on a hand cycle. Oh, so I thought this was like a newer invention. No, no, so actually we're writing a play where I don't walk. I use this hand cycle to get around. Oh, wow. Like she did. Um... And it's amazing that no one knows about it. So, yeah, the funnest part of the job is I've been loaned a cycle. And um, at first, I couldn't control it. But it's like 
like a kind of crank. Yeah, but, I don't know why I'm miming. Yeah. You can't see it. Just... So, yeah, yeah, kind of. It's like a wheelchair, but then what you normally do with the legs, you do with the hands. And um, we've been rehearsing and clothing, so to get used to riding the bike, I uh, got my lunch from Sainsbury's yeah. on the cycle, and it's so much fun. <laughs> I was just thinking that's now how you get around. That's, oh, no. I was expecting to, like, the Rosie Mobile. Oh, to come I I'm hoping the play goes well. And as a leaving present, they give me their bike. But it's really expensive. The one I was doing it on isn't top of the range. And even that's a grand. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think a lot of that sort of... That's one of the kind of problems with these kind of specialised bits of equipment um, yeah so I work with young people with yeah uh, additional needs and things and those kinds of bikes and things yeah. so there are like fundings available but yeah. they're just so, yeah they are so expensive yeah, and it's crazy. I don't understand why that is yeah we've made something to make yeah. things accessible but you can't access it yeah yeah and it's so interesting again maybe it's because I'm stubborn but I I, I wobble, I, I find it quite difficult to walk, um, but I do it because I've always done it and I think if I chose to use a wheelchair, no one would be like, well, why she lazy bitch? Um, but, um, but I get on with it. But it was interesting using that bike. I was like, oh, God, I'm not tired. So maybe if I get older and more tired and less stubborn, that's a way forward. Yeah. Oh, great. Well, thank you so much for coming. That was so lovely. Oh, yeah, it was. I hope you've had such a great time. Oh, I could talk all day. Oh, we can't. Well, we can't do all that. Okay. We've got the room booked till half eleven. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Um, thank you. Oh, thank you. oh, is there anything you'd like to to plug, promote, that kind of thing? Uh, I'll probably. I mean, I've got a long bus journey home, so I probably might just edit it there, so it might come out like in the next few days. Oh well, if it comes out before the lovely Valentine's Day, yeah. I got a three day stint at the Soho Theatre from the 14th to the 16th yeah. 
Well, I perform my show for 15 minutes. 17 and a half minutes. Yeah. <laughs> but then it feel like they want to be lazy. After that, I'm writing a new show and going back up to Edinburgh. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, I'll make sure. This, I'll make sure it gets out before the 14th, so then people Great, can hear it. Thank uh, you and, so much. Uh, at least two people will hear it. Brilliant! Buy tickets, <laughs> you and you. <laughs> thank you. Right now, I have to awkwardly lean over to press the stop oh. button. Wowzers! In my trousers! What a great episode, in my opinion. <laughs> it's a great episode. Uh, Matt's a fact. Uh, huge thank you to Rosie uh, for making the time, and also a massive thanks to her agent, Flo, for helping to make it all happen. Uh, we were in a really, like, we, we recorded that in a, like, a pop-up centre for, like, pop-up stores in Brixton and they're all made of old um, shipping containers so technically that was recorded inside an old shipping container but it was a lovely room Um, and I found you know recording a podcast in a pop-up centre filled with old shipping containers I reached Peak Hipster so uh, if you want to get in touch with us you can do so on Emails at challengingbehaviourspodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at challengingpod. And we have a Facebook group now. And also we kind of have an Instagram. It's kind of my personal one at the same time, but I put lots of podcast stuff up on there. And I think it's going to be like, if you ever want to know who the guests are before we release it, odds are I'll be posting the pictures as I interview them, etc. Uh, but again, it is my personal one, so you might just get pictures of my cat who sat right next to me, glaring at me like, can't believe you're sharing these details uh, of my cat just sitting in oddly provocative poses. Um, you can uh, follow Rosie on Twitter and Instagram at, at Josie Rones. And she's also on Facebook as well, Rosie Jones Comedian. And I'm definitely worth checking out go on youtube look at some of her stuff and if you can maybe go and see a live show um i'm hoping i get a chance to go and see it soon myself um that's it thank you very much for listening don't forget to give us the old like and subscribe and perhaps even leave us a glowing review that's the only kind of review we want glowing um brilliant uh thank you very much stay alive